This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 813, Comic Reviews of the Week of Wednesday, September the 23rd. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. This is episode 813 coming to you on October the 3rd, uh, much later than originally anticipated. I, uh, I have this constant battle with the schedule for the podcast because I want to get back to the way it used to be. I used to have podcast episodes talking about recent releases on Mondays or Tuesdays, sometimes Wednesdays, Wednesdays and then I would have a new kind of a non-review comic, sorry, non-review episode released on the Friday or sometimes the Saturday. And that has kind of been you know thrown out the window. I've been trying a losing battle uh, to get on top of it. This week I ended up being uh, getting sick with a cold that was not COVID-19, but it, you never can be too certain these days that when you start having these symptoms that it isn't something more severe, so you're not really always sure about it. Um, so unfortunately, this episode is going up a lot later than originally anticipated, because uh, I was like, oh man, I'm going to get on top of this. The Claremont episode went up on Monday, I'll re- drop reviews on Wednesday, and then I'll have Chuck Austin on Friday, and I'll be on top of things. And that did not happen. But uh, this is still going to be you know, the regular reviews episode uh, that I'm usually chatting about, a comic that came out on the 23rd, so these are books that came out, you know, almost two weeks ago now, a week and a half ago, but we're still going to look back one last time. Um, so some of the books that did come out that week that I at least want to mention that they did come out include Aquaman, Batman Superman, Batman Beyond, Deceased, Hope of World's End, uh, Dark Knights, Death Metal, Speed Metal, that's so much, uh, Doctor Doom, Fantastic Four Antithesis, Immortal She-Hulk, Shazam, Sonic the Hedgehog, Spider-Man, Spider-Man Noir, Spider-Woman, Star Wars, Bounty Hunters, Suicide Squad, and Venom. So what did I have a chance to read? Well, that's a good question. Let's start uh, with the first uh, comic on our list, which is Action Comics 1025. Um, not a huge fan in general of some of the stuff that Bendis has done. I, I think sometimes the ideas have been better than it's actually been. Um, this is the House of Kent Part 4. Uh, it's by John Romita Jr. on art and uh, Bendis writing it. I, I don't really like a lot of... Uh, J.R.J.R.'s artwork here. I just don't think he's maybe the best fit for some of these characters. And, like, his Superman always just kind of looks off, and I don't know, it feels like it's just something about his his particular artistic style. It just never quite feels right here, and I think the, the parts of the Daily Planet with the FBI and everything, that actually felt very very J.R.J.R. I guess it's because I'm used to seeing all the J.R. Uh, stuff at the Bugle for all those years he did Spider-Man, so that kind of felt more accurate, but then when he does start starts doing the Superman characters, I just don't think it works as well. Um, when we're ramping up to Bendis leaving, and I, to be honest, I don't think I'm going to miss him. Um, you know, he has had some interesting stuff, and I think when he had a, a really good, uh, solid artistic partner, I think it worked better. But overall, I, I wouldn't say I'm a huge fan of the overall Bendis era on Superman. Um, and in some ways, I'd say it's a little unremarkable. Or something. I, I will give him credit that he tried to do new things. He added new characters and tried to do new concepts, and um, I cannot fault him for that. He tried to do new things, and even when he did lose Luther, he used, you know, the modified current Luther, and it's not like he was going to the, the classics. Um, so I appreciate the attempt. I just don't, I don't think it always landed, um, or wasn't, it didn't always quite work for me, but I do appreciate the absolute potential in trying something new and trying to add some, you know, new characters and new ideas. Um, I just don't know if they always landed as well as they could have. Uh, next up, we have Batgirl 49, um, which I'm trying to remember the issue because I read it like a while ago. Um, this was good. This is by Cecil Castellucci and Robbie Rodriguez. Uh, Rodriguez does great art. I mean, we know that already. Great style. I think it works really well for Batgirl and the uh, 
the adventure that's happening here. I think it's a really interesting kind of psychological drama between uh, Batgirl and her dad, uh, her dad and her brother. Not like we haven't seen stories in this area in the last you know few years, but um, it remains an interesting well um, to go down. And I really thought this was interesting. Uh, next up, we have Daredevil. This is issue twenty-two, uh, and this was uh, well. I mean, it continues to be a, a very um, well done period of Daredevil. I'm a little worried about him wearing armor if that actually happens, but uh, so far, like I think this is really interesting. Um, it's an interesting story. It's called Truth and Dare Part Two. It's by um, you got Chip Sidarski writing it, Francesco Mobili on pencils, and Victor Alazaba on inks, with Matea Ayacono on colors. Um, I thought the book looked fantastic. Had a really good sensibility. I loved how Daredevil looked. Um, you know, at times, I mean. <sighs> Some people make Daredevil look more street level. Sometimes, I mean, with the ribbing on the on the costume, like it makes it look more tactical. And and I, I don't always feel like you need to have that with characters that are in comics because I think there's just something about you know the old school kind of spandex look. But I think it does work for Daredevil more than most um, because he is just a dude, and it would make sense that he would need some sort of you know maybe a little thicker material to be wearing. Um, I like how he tries to kind of convince Tony to Tony Stark to help him, which I thought was really interesting as well. I'm excited to see what happens with Kristen McDuffie back in the book. Uh, this remains such a solid read. Uh, next up is Juggernaut number one. Now, besides me confused about the timetable of the character, given what's happening in, in uh, the Ravencroft and uh, in Amazing Spider-Man, The Sins of Norman Osborn, I am enjoying this. I like this take on Kane, and I think it's a lot more... Um, adult of a, of a portrayal of the character. Um, you know, he's he's not just some dude. He's he's a, a guy who's been through shit, and uh, he's tr- kind of trying to figure out his next move. And he's not just a you know a, a villain, and he's he's obviously not a Krakow, and he doesn't really know what to do next with his life. And he's kind of kind of you know turning a corner, turning over a new leaf. And I thought it was really interesting and enjoyable, and I'm really excited by how Garney is you know attacked. The project from an artistic perspective, so this is really good. Uh, you got uh, Maestro number two by Peter David and Herman Peralta with his Jesus Abertov on color art. With uh, uh, there's a, the relics artist is uh, Dale Keown with Jason Keith on colors on that on that part. Um, I thought this was really really well done, really interesting, and I'm really excited to see what Peter David does as he examines more about the Maestro character. The artwork here is great. There's a definitely a big surprise because we, you know, we, there's kind of a revelation that there was a first maestro, which is definitely not, not something I expected. Um, so I'm interested to see where they go with that. Uh, the identity of that, you know, mysterious other maestro, uh, is definitely a big surprise. Kind of makes sense when you see what else was going on in this particular issue. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's really interesting. Um, Oh, you know what? I, it's been already a, a little while since I uh, watched. Sorry, I watched since I read the issue. I forgot Relics was actually the, the backup, so um, which was really well done as well. Um, and interesting about what it, what it means for this world and about being worthy. But it was interesting to see. Um, you know, uh, so I, generally speaking, this is this has been an, an enjoyable issue. Uh, next up is the Flash seven sixty two. And this is, I believe, the last issue by Joshua Williamson before the, the kind of the speed metal, I guess, that I didn't read. Um, all about the kind of the end, the climactic ending of the Barry Allen, Eobard Thawne, um, uh, what's the word, rivalry. Um, this was kind of a nice way to put a button on it, at least for now. I mean, obviously, at some point, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have him come back. But uh, it was an interesting way to leave it. And... Um, 
yeah, I, I feel like this had the character kind of little come a bit full circle. Also, I, I don't think I'm ever going to get used to the new 52-ish version of the costume, even though it is not quite as bulky as I think it was at the beginning. But um, this is this is you know a really great run by Williamson. I think he had a really good sensibility of what he wanted to do with the character and um, trying to kind of weave in pre-52, post-52. It cannot be an easy dance to to. Uh, well, an easy, an easy dance to know the moves to, and he somehow figured out a way to make it work, and it was pretty organic. And last but not least, we have X of Swords Creation. Um, although, you know, I'm looking at it now, and I'm like, wait a minute, I don't think I read this. <laughs> or maybe I did. You know, I, it, <laughs> it's been like a week since I read some of these books, and I already forgot about them. Um... But uh, I like the beginning of this. I like seeing what's going to... I don't know what this whole, you know, X of Swords is going to really be like once it's all done. Um, but I'm interested to see where we go from here. And there's a lot of interesting pieces put into place. And, you know, this is just chapter one of, what, 24 chapters. So there's a lot to, a lot to, to really dig into and enjoy. And uh, although it says part one of 22, so maybe I have that 24 number wrong, but... Um, I'm not going to say much else about that, partially because I am now suddenly embarrassingly thinking that maybe I didn't finish reading it after all, um, which is kind of terrible to have to admit that, but uh, that might be true. Uh, looking forward to uh, next uh, the next review episode, which I hope, 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 will be up by um, uh, the 7th of October. Some of the releases from the you know, September 30th week, uh, some of the issues that came out included Avengers, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Fantastic Four, there was a Giant Size X-Men tribute to Ween and uh, Cockrum, you had Immortal Hulk, The Threshing Place, Marvel Zombies Resurrection, Marvel's X, which I just realized I haven't read issues 3 and 4 yet, so issue 5 is coming out, or just has come out. Uh, you got Savage Avengers, Shang-Chi, Star Wars Dr. Aphra, uh, Strange Academy, X-Factor, which is the second chapter of X of Swords, and over at uh, DC, you have Superman Annual, uh, The Three Jokers, number 2, The Joker Warzone, uh, you have uh, Dark Knights, Death Metal, Multiverse's End, uh, you got Injustice Year Zero, and you got a Justice League Annual, Legion of Superheroes, I believe the second last issue of uh, Red Hood Outlaw by Scott Lobdell, and you have Wonder Woman uh, 763. Uh, so that is a, a, you know, an interesting slate of books that I'll be able to talk about some of these in a couple of days. Uh, thanks for listening to this episode. Uh, you can rate and review the show on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and also listen to us on Stitcher. And our next episode coming up in a day or two is a conversation with Chuck Austin. Um, you know, he's definitely one of those names that, you know, is probably infamous, I guess, in the comic book industry, but it was really interesting to talk with him. Um, obviously, I went a little light on some of the, you know, the, the issues that people may have wanted to ask about or be really vitriolic about, but I, that's not what I'm here to do. Um, but I was able to talk to him about his newest book, which is really enjoyable, uh, with Pat Olive, who is also recently on the show. Um, so it was really fun to talk to Chuck, and um, that'll be uh, coming out in a couple days. Thanks for listening, and we will catch you next time. Bye-bye.